1: Now it's time to look back at the events of the week. We're joined by Jack Chambers, Minister of State at the Department of Transport, Jennifer Whitmore, Social Democrats, TD for Wicklow and Climate Spokesperson, and Senator Lynn Boylan, Sinn Fein Spokesperson on Climate Justice. Good morning and welcome to our Friday Forum. And we want to talk about the, the census, first of all. I mean, uh, we all got the top lines, and no doubt there'll be a lot of dissection of the information from the, the census. But what messages, Jack, did you take from it?
2: Well, look, uh, the a, when you look at the overall population, the fact that we're now over five million, we're an attractive place for people to live and work, a much more diverse Ireland. I see that in my constituency where I have up, up over 50 nationalities often in many schools. So I think that's kind of, I suppose, rippling out throughout our country where um, we're becoming a more diverse, uh, again, a younger population. But also I think the what's often not hasn't been discussed too often is the 700,000 people who volunteer in our country, who engage in volunteer work, 300,000 involved in sporting organisations. I know when I was But that's sort
1: of mum and apple pie stuff, which well, doesn't present problems for a government. Well, well no, but I think it's important. But the to, it, other stuff it's does.
2: A, it's a, yeah. There, of course, there are there are lots of areas that I think that's why it's important to have a census so we can. You know, address the structural issues that we that are that exist, and that's why we're, we're in politics to engage in policy. But I think it's important to recognise and um, the backbone of communities that I think was reflected throughout the census and um, the wonderful diversity we have in our country. And um, but also the challenges that we have with a growing uh, population, an ageing uh, demographic, and. To, to building a better state uh, and ensuring that we respond back to that in the context of housing and health and, and education that's in the core at the core of what we're trying to do and go okay Jennifer what uh, jumped out at you
0: I think for 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 me and and indeed for the social Democrats this week um the the drop in home ownership um you know it's now down to 66 percent and if you look back a, a few years you know it was 80 percent in in the 90s so we' can see this continual drop in home ownership particularly amongst those in the you know 25 to 34 age group and I think that's something that's really concerning because it's becoming less and less likely that people are going to be able to have their own home and that security. And Social Democrats this week had a motion actually on home ownership to bring the issue to the floor of the doll so we yeah, can have do do, a discussion. I
1: mean, um, the government, uh, you know, and Sinn Féin particularly will be hammering away at the government on housing. But, you know, if it could be done... Quickly, it would be done because they're looking at the next election looming, Lynn, and they're saying, God, if we could get this housing thing sorted out, uh, we might have a better chance of returning in some shape or, or fashion to power. So think, the fact that they're you? not doing it <laughs> <laughs> means it might be not doable.
3: I, I, I don't agree. I think what we've seen is being again in government for 12 years. Uh, Fianna Fall have propped them up in the last government are now in government with them. Um, and they are introducing policies that don't work. So that mm-hmm. so-called uh, help to buy scheme, the controversial shared equity scheme. They're all things that are actually pushing up the cost of housing for people. We see rent increasing, um, you know, and, and the, the census results are interesting in terms of home ownership. But also there was a Eurofound scheme study out this week as well that show that Ireland's the worst performer in terms of young people having to stay living at no, home. No, we're not.
1: We well, had the biggest increase. That, increase. That's an important thing to say. Yeah, we're, but we're, we're one of there, seven there worst, worst of Croatia, of, I think they stay there till their pensioners nearly living with their mammy and daddy. Uh, yeah, but
3: we're one of seven worst performers, but we did have the largest increase. But I mean, the, so uh, you would think that the government would act on housing, but all of the measures they've taken to date are failing. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think it, it's interesting because, you know, obviously when we were preparing for the motion this week, we were looking through different stats and 82% of the planning permissions for Dublin City, uh, last year were, were, or since, uh, 2018 were built to rent. So only 15%. Uh, were actually, you know, to, to purchase. which So you can see how government policy is actually creating this environment where it is harder and harder for people to buy. And what's happening, actually, Catherine Murphy made this point. What's happening is if you want to buy your own home now and you're in Dublin City, you're actually moving to the suburbs or you're moving to places like Wicklow, Kildare no. or Meath. Problem, the, problem, no. the problem
2: we have is that in... in opposition parties talk about home ownership but every intervention Darrell O'Brien makes to strengthen home ownership is opposed so Lynn mentioned help to buy 37,000 people have availed um, of that 37,000 homes have been purchased through help to buy first home scheme which the two opposition parties Sinn Féin and the Social Democrats opposed the first home scheme which brings affordability bridges the gap for many uh, young couples who want to own their home now, if you look at the last uh, in, uh, year in 2022 25,000 um, uh, of the twenty of 52,000 transactions in housing 25,000 were, were first time buyers so over 400 uh, transactions per week were first time buyers people are um, seeing a pathway to home ownership, we have a lot more to do and I uh, agree with my colleagues on this, we we need to strengthen that. Um, but rules we- have
1: been brought in to stop um, the, the buying up of entire estates I mean people pay more tax if they buy uh, up entire estates but I'm, I'm just wondering and uh, when I hear the construction industry uh, bleating about how expensive it is to build apartment blocks in this country, why it should be dearer here than it is in Northern Ireland or in Scotland or whatever is another question. But I'm wondering, is this business of renting these apartments rather than selling them because the price they would have to ask for a sale would be so unaffordable that people well, wouldn't buy them? Well, I or
0: think pa- they know they can make an awful lot of money in renting and they would—they hold yeah, on no, to it their, their
1: assets income stream. An internal
0: income stream, uh, and when you look at, say, the 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 sort of vehicles like the uh, REITs and stuff like the tax treatment that they get is really favourable. So I think if you're coming at this purely from a business perspective, which they are, that is the best way to make money, you know, to build, to rent. Standards are lower. Um, you know so costs mm. will be lower to build them so I mean that, that's a, a I suppose a, a, a policy decision of government I think that, that's a, a difficulty that we're seeing now that we, people can't actually buy these houses but you know one of the things that Jack was talking about there like, it, it's all very well for government to come out with these policies but if they fundamentally push up prices which mm. is exactly what the government's policies are doing like that's not going to address our issues we need affordable housing and we don't have affordable yeah, housing well, and no, we and don't have that, affordable housing because government yeah, yeah, keep on no, putting if, money into developers Pockets.
3: Affordability is key, and when, and when Jack quoted the figures on the, you know, the so-called help to buy scheme, forty percent of the people who availed of that, and that was their right to avail of it because it's government incentive. Did not need that. They already had the deposit to buy the house. So what we're seeing is they're they are pushing up the prices. And the issue here is affordability. And it's not just about home ownership. Some people will choose, they never want to own their own home. They are happy to rent, but they have to have affordable rents. So affordability is the crux of everything. Do you mean and, and the bill to rent, yes, they're lower standards. So people aren't going to, to the for, the going to home stay scheme. there. They're not going to stay there long term in those scheme. apartments, Jack. And you know that yeah. if you don't have storage, We've... if you don't have dual aspect, you're not going to spend, you're not going to be, live in a bill to rent apartment and say, this is where I'm going to stay for the rest of my life.
2: You see, this yeah. is classic uh, opposition politics. Talking about the problem, but very few solutions being put on the table. And when solutions are put on the table, and um, they're constantly being opposed, we have an opposition that opposes every affordable measure being introduced by government. No, the first no, 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 but just because because some you of call the, the points that Lynn made are are, we need, we need are valid.
1: For for instance, lower standards for building we, to rent not acceptable. I'm sorry, I build properly or don't build at all. Um, the, the second thing is lack of storage. Mm. We don't build apartments here for whatever reason I think it's down to the developers and the planners who allow them to do this where you you have no place to put a suitcase except perhaps under the bed I mean that kind of Trying to design rental properties for family living is simply not done by our development, developer cast.
2: We need a greater, we need a greater mix of. Um, oh, well, of, we, of, need, well, of we need. But you guys can actually
1: change it. the planning. You can insist that these are livable apartments. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've never understood the reluctance of so many consecutive housing ministers uh, that they don't insist upon this. Now, they, they, it may mean that the, you know, the, the apartment costs more to build. We've heard a, so we've, what? We've, we've it's a
2: Time. We have a complete undersupply of apartments um, and very few are being built. Uh, and you took at the overall I, pipeline. I don't, I don't, pipeline. Know, if, I don't know, or, know if that's lo- true. Jack. There was, of six, there was only had,
0: 136. You're, talk- you're
2: talking about planning houses. permissions. You're talking about planning permissions. But yeah. But, the, uh, but on, on, on actual construction there there is a there's an under provision of a whole range of of housing types so for example we are trying to and the biggest actor now in this is is the state itself 10,000 um social homes delivered last year of in the context of 30,000 uh, delivered and the overall issue is supply and we have we have lots of it's affordability uh, jack and you supply, have to accept but, that but we had
3: we had oversupply during mm. the celtic tiger and we didn't have affordability oh, i know we did uh, hang on a second after after the collapse after, after the collapse, after the collapse yeah. yes. But what did property sell for? what did property sell for? We were building you for, you up needed cash, you houses. Needed cash then to buy. We them. had affordability. Jim, mm. we didn't have affordability when we were building lots of houses. No, well, what, what, the point
1: I was trying so, to make is when we had a surfeit after the collapse of the Celtic Tiger, you had loads of people trying to get rid of properties, mm. the price fell. If no, we could no. jack up supply. The builders would have to be competitive with each other, which they don't have to be now.
0: But the the, the supply that they're creating is the wrong supply. So just, you know, when when you look at Dublin City, there was only planning permissions for 136 houses last year. 136 Mm. out of 6,290 planning permissions. So 2%. We're actually for houses, so if you want to own your own home but and there, you don't want to there, live in an apartment because, well, actually, because most of the time you can't buy an apartment because they're built to rent. So if you want to own your own home and you're in Dublin City, it's not a are it's you not a possibility. About
1: DCC area, yeah, in, in now, Dublin, and that is and, at and the heart of urban Dublin. Now yeah. you're not, That's and you would be insane if you tried to build uh, houses with front gardens and back gardens in the the urban capital that is Dublin. That but is as, crazy.
0: But as well as that, though the majority 82% are built to rent so even if you Mm. wanted to live in an apartment and buy it and have your family there you can't because they are not for sale It then has
3: knock on impacts on our emissions (laughs) because people are having to move out are being pushed out and And we're
0: having huge um, development in Wicklow at the moment an awful lot of houses but then we don't have the infrastructure to keep up with it so we don't have the public transport we don't have the schools there's all these knock on issues and you know Catherine Murphy described it as a donut essentially the government policy is creating a donut where you have a decrease in population in Dublin city centre uh, and and moving out and then all those you know th- an increase in Meath, you're referencing and permissions in sure. Dublin
2: you're referencing permissions in Dublin city centre which will obviously enhance the population No there. because so, no what, so what I'm saying mean, no
0: those permissions are actually built to rent so if you want to own your own home that is not a possibility are, 82, many, well, 82, 82 of, percent of the planning, planning permissions but, you can't ever buy
2: the, One of the wider issues is that it's the commencement of the existing planning permissions, which is a challenge and actually getting those commenced. So some of them getting, plan- there's a, there's historic planning permissions, which will allow for homes for homes for purchase that haven't been commenced. And that's a wider challenge. No, but there's
1: nothing to stop them selling the whole block um, hmm. to, to a, a fund. I mean, one of the blocks near me was sold to Irish Life, not even, you know, a foreign vulture fund. And every apartment is up for rent when initially when the planning was sought, it appeared they were all going to be sold individually. Mm-hmm. Suddenly the designation changes.
2: Yeah, no, and that—that that is a that, that that is, I know, a concern of a- for people that are living beside, I mean, we, we've addressed that in the context of housing estates. Um, but there is a wider issue on when it comes to finance as well um, and the mean the construction of apartments. And part of what Minister O'Brien tried to do with the development levies is to try and give greater certainty around cost in, in terms of apartment building and actually getting units and, and supply. No, but the, the whole
1: idea that if you get planning permission and you shouldn't get it unless there is an electrical connection, a water connection, a sewage connection, you shouldn't even be given planning permission on, unless that's in place. But mm. we don't. Do that. We give them planning permission, and then they say, "I'm sorry, I can't build this mm-hmm. because I can't get, uh, you know, an el- electricity supply, and I can't get sewage. Therefore, I'm not going to build it." And nominally, all these houses are fit to be built. Why not? Well, first of all, sort out the planning so that they don't get permission for things they can't build, and
2: secondly, either use it, use it or lose it. it. Or lose it. Exactly. Part of that exactly. is, in the, is in the zoning that local authorities. I think they have. They have. There's a much better process now with local authorities in the, in the creation of their local development plans around to having service sites and actually focusing uh, development where there is service Which sites on board Panola as you know has utilities. ignored uh, traditionally. That, I think that, that might so, be some
1: there, reform there but they yeah. drove coach and forth through local authority development plans.
2: It's a much more focused structure now than, than it had been historically and people would know that who served in local authorities that service sites are where the emphasis is so that if something is zoned for housing that it can be developed um, when, when it receives No Now,
1: the, the government's plans at the moment uh, are when land is zoned for residential, that either you use it for development and do it quickly or you pay a tax. Um, so a farmer who finds himself zoned by the local council and doesn't want to build, wants to keep his dairy herd until the Greens tell him to call it, um, he says, I want to stay as a farmer and then he's got to pay a tax. So or that's else, being, get his
2: land disowned. So that's being that's being addressed, and uh, Minister O'Brien is uh, is working on addressing that anomaly in the in the in the taxation code with, with Minister McGrath, um, so that. No, what I'm saying is that the
1: quite a radical approach to to land uh, use there, and why not have the same approach to uh, planning permissions that are not built.
2: Well, look, we, uh, we, you know, we, we, we'll tax you out of it or you have yeah, to sell it yeah. to somebody who is going to build we, it. We we introduced this as a as a measure to try and incentivise the use of land and to make sure that zoned land is mobilised. And, and obviously, that's that's something the Department of Finance led on. I
1: want to move on to other topics. Uh, taxing older people more because their pension age is approaching. What do you think, Jennifer?
0: Look, I, I think it's something that we do need to absolutely consider uh, in the context of um, not, not that particular measure, but we do need to look at at the issue of pensions and, and how we're going to fund them. It is an absolute it is a ticking time bomb. Okay, will I ask bomb. you a specific question. Like that? No, I, I mean it is a measure that I think needs to be examined but it's not something that I think there's a whole lot of measures that need to be examined Lynn? in relation to,
3: to no, pension funding. No, I agree with Jennifer. I think that for a long time Sinn Féin has been calling for how do we, you know, how do we fund your your social income contributions mm. and pensions and we've been actually criticised particularly by Fianna Gael but by government for even calling for that conversation to happen. We do need to address it we are facing I suppose a growing older population and less workers mm-hmm. um, but one of the things that could help address that as well not the taxation measure is actually allowing people to start their families and to get housing yeah. so the census figure shows that there's a demographic issue as well from the census in relation to the pension time bomb that is one family people delaying starting families and secondly people who are getting older yeah. living in the private rental sector who rely okay, relying the business to pay for of, that rent to their pensions of people more
1: PRSI more when you're older what do you think?
3: No, I, what I think is we need to look at the employer's PRSI. We're way out of kilter yeah. in terms of the EU. I think the, at the high level for PRSI, employers' PRSI, we, it's 11.05%. You do
1: anything other than the e, touch e, the punter, the isn't EU that average, the philosophy there? No, no, EU Don't average. Don't touch the voter.
2: We're, we're, Screw somebody else. We're
3: half the EU average pass in terms of employers' PRSI mm.
2: contributions.
3: Okay, so, I mean, Jack, we need to start moving Jackson, that so older people
2: more. No. The first thing is we're, we're running a... a budgetary surplus, which is which we're putting aside. I think that's the prudent thing to do with many people who want to spend it all every year. And I think we're doing the right thing there. And we're, our social insurance fund is running a surplus as well. I think there is a wider assessment on PRSI more generally. I think age-specific PRSI uh, I, I'm not sure how that yeah, could be introduced. I keep on saying, and I said it yesterday I, I, to, to I Michael Taft,
1: there is no insurance fund. It's a line in a ledger. There is no fund. There's there, no stash of money that's invested is. and making money. There, there is no there, fund. There is. A, it's there, only everything's paid out of current account. You know, it's, that.
2: it's it. But there is we have the we have the we're putting aside the uh, said six billion euro from the Windfall Corporation Tax.
1: The surplus that's in the fund at the moment is only a nominal surf- surplus. Everything's paid out of current account.
2: But it, we have it, the Social Insurance Fund has a surplus. How it's invested or what it accrues around interest is a separate discussion. But, but it's not invested at all. But everything comes out of the annual budget. What, th- what we're doing, what we're trying to do, though, is be very careful in how we spend and uh, our it's how we spend next year around, you know, in terms of any taxation decisions. So the, or expenditure ta- the thousand euro
0: thing is out the window, isn't no,
2: it? Well, we, we, we have to be very careful because, you know, the, the corporation tax position won't continue forever. And that's why it's important. We plan for the future. We plan for our ageing demographics. And as part of that, there has to be a wider assessment around PRSI. But I think turning this into a, a an argument where you tax one cohort of our population um, because of their age and another, I don't think... Um, I don't see that being the position. I think the wider examination of PRSI to make the demographic matter sustainable is where this will land in the future. All right, well, we'll park that particular one. But some of the monies that we're getting in, are we going to have to pay the farmers
1: to cull their herds, Jennifer?
0: Well, I, I, the first thing I'd say, Pat, is is using the word cull is like, this isn't what anyone is talking about. What we're talking about is a managed
1: reduction. So essentially... Yeah, but d- d- doesn't every beast in the field end up in the slaughterhouse? It, it, so it absolutely it does. Which,
0: like. Yeah, it, it does. It does eventually. Um, so I think what, what we need to see happen is I think it's clear. It's clear from the results we're seeing from the EPA today. It's clear from every single report uh, that, that comes out that we're not meeting our targets uh, and that we are going to need to do a lot more to do it. And I do think agriculture is going to have to do more and I do think there will need to be a, a, a managed reduction of the herd.
3: Yeah, No, I agree. I think like people like I said, media love the, the, those sort of phrases, culling the herd or you know, taking yeah. cars away from everybody, but I don't think it helps us get where we want to be, which is bringing people along with us. But look, we know none of the sectors are are fit for purpose mm-hmm. at the moment. Our transport emissions, our household emissions, our industrial emissions, our agricultural emissions, none of them are <laughs> reaching their targets. So we do have to address that. And I think the thing with you know a voluntary retirement scheme, absolutely there are farmers who want to retire, who don't have anyone to, to hand over their farm to. But there are also other excellent projects that we could replicate across the country, like the Bride Project, Mm. which is with dairy farmers, where it's results-based. It's a collective of 42 farms with individual farm plans for them. They're the type of schemes that need support. Farmers if they're incentivized, yeah, but,
1: but we're so far adrift, according to the EPA, that even those projects are not going to deliver.
3: But but the thing is, with dairy passes, farmers were incentivized to go down that road. They were told by government policy, Fine Gael policy, to go big or go broke, and now they're being told that was a mistake. So you have to understand their frustration as well. So what you have to do then is incentivize farmers to diversify yeah. in a different direction.
2: So one of the recommendations from the Food Vision Dairy Group was to, uh, was to examine a voluntary exit scheme, not a mandatory scheme. And I think if, if, we're, if this transition and is ever going to work, it has to be done in partnership and I, there will not be any mandatory uh, cull or forcing farmers. I'm just wondering
1: to, uh, why there isn't more pushback here. I mean, I find the idea the, of culling Irish herds while the Brazilians are chopping down the rainforest to graze cattle I just find that bizarre. Well, that's but a, it's you know.
0: not a cold, though, Pat. That's a, that is the thing. It, it, it's a managed reduction. So it's not inseminating, essentially. It's, it's reducing the population through non insemination. But the, but the also
1: other the thing
0: about, as well. I'm I'm the Mercosur no, no, should should deal fair. should be dropped. No, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That deal should just be off We have a sustainable food system worth 14 billion euro to the Irish economy, which will continue to provide an important export led approach for our country. But it's important we work with farmers on diversification on reducing emissions and I, and I think farmers are up for one
1: that One very important bit of business to do and that is to wish somebody the best of luck isn't that right Ian? <laughs> That's right
3: yes Because woman, one of your they? colleagues <laughs>
1: Louise O'Reilly who is much uh, admired by everyone in Leinster House why? Because she's going to dance in public <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's uh, she's uh, in a competition with eight teams and uh, O'Dwyer's does Broadway and uh, their team is called Big Spender and they're going to make a show of themselves for charity it's To raise funds for O'Dwyer's GAA Club for the new clubhouse. It's happening in the City North Hotel tomorrow at 7 o'clock. So, to Louise and everyone who's taking part in that, the best of luck to you all.
0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.